Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 137 of the 167 Podcast. I am Shannon Patterson, your lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm with my good friend, your media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going fantastic. It's been an amazing week. Happy Saturday, everybody. Woo-hoo. Woo! It's been an awesome week. It has. It has. Um, so I hope that you are enjoying your Saturday, if you're listening to this on Saturday. Uh, we don't normally do a Saturday podcast. but no, I think this is the first one. I, I believe so. Yeah. Um, and so we have just been, you know, going from the ascension of Jesus. You know, he he died. He uh, was in, you know, uh, gone for three days. He was resurrected. He appeared to his disciples uh, for a period of forty days. Mm-hmm. Infallible proofs, as the scripture says. And um, then he said, "I'm about to leave. Go to Jerusalem and pray." And so he goes up before their very eyes. And over the next ten days or so, those Followers of Jesus are in the upper room praying constantly, praying mm-hmm. yes. for the promised Holy Spirit to come and to equip them to do the work that Jesus has told them they're going to do. Yes. Yeah. Why are you smiling? What are you thinking? Nothing. You're just happy. Uh, what? What? The the scripture uh, <laughs> Acts nineteen one through seven. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How do you say that name? Apollos. Uh huh. Yeah. Were you thinking of like Creed and like all that? No, no, no. Oh, what? Like our Hispanics friends would call it a pollos. <laughs> a pollos. Does that mean like a chickens? Yes. The the chicken man? Yes. Wow. So this whole time I'm talking, he's got this smirk <laughs> on his face. I'm trying to be all Jesus focused. And he's like, hee, hee, hee. Chicken and man. he's just thinking about the chicken man. So, oh, my goodness. Well, speaking of, he's already brought us to the text. So um, <laughs> we're looking at Acts chapter 19 uh, briefly together this morning in verses 1 through 7. Uh, because there's a question that Paul asks of these people that he's found who are disciples of Jesus. They're following Jesus, um, or they're following the—they know the risen Jesus. They believe in him. And he asks him a question, and this really starts to wade into some some doctrinal theological uh, waters that, that a lot of us kind of either were like, I'm not sure, I don't know— and so we're going to start to wade in there as well and, and see where we come out on the other side in this very short episode. But we will come back around in this series of yes, Acts. Yes, because Acts Only is, the oh. Lord knows when we'll get to Acts chapter 19, because yeah. we're not... We're not even in chapter 2 yet. <laughs> I mean, we're getting there tomorrow, though, so uh, we'll okay. be in the first four verses at least. So. Yeah. I, so, I don't put your notes in until Sunday, just because <laughs> I'll get an email like, hey, yeah. this is the new version. Yeah. I know, I know. Um, So let's uh, look at Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 1, reading from the NIV. It says, while Apollos, too bad you don't have a chicken sound. I know. (laughs) While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, so these are followers of Jesus, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So obviously these disciples were not there at the upper room. They right. have not been informed. This is not, you got to remember the context. You know, they didn't, the people in the upper room didn't tweet about, about their experience right after it happened. So 
this is this is a while down the road, mm-hmm. if you will, from the Pentecost moment. And here are people who know who Jesus is and they're disciples of Jesus, but they have they don't know about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. They haven't heard that that was the promise that Jesus made. Maybe they didn't hear the whole, you know, when they say they're followers of Jesus, they heard that there's a Messiah, they knew there was a coming Messiah, and they believe in him. Mm-hmm. But they didn't hear his teachings about there's going to be one who comes after me. You know, Because right. even before Jesus was crucified, um, he spoke a few he, times about, about the Holy the Spirit, Holy Spirit coming. Yeah. yeah. So they said... No, we have not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. So then Paul asked them, verse 3, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied, which was John the Baptist, of course, mm-hmm. hence the name he got. Yeah. So Paul said, verse 4, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, because that was the whole ministry of John, was repent, repent, prepare yourself, Correct. make way. Mm-hmm. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they, these are the disciples Paul was talking to, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Whew. Mm. Okay, so so he's encountering people who knew of Jesus and knew he was the Messiah, but didn't know much more. Mm-hmm. So this is like repentance baptism versus believers baptism. Yeah, they had. Yeah, the baptism of John the Baptist was a baptism of repentance. Yeah, it wasn't a believers. Baptism. Correct, and that's why some people go, "Well, why did why did Jesus be baptized? Because he didn't need to repent, but he was preparing himself to take on the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't necessarily repenting, but he was continuing in the uh, person of the flesh that mm-hmm. he was." Um, in order to uh, meet the requirements of the sacrificial law. Yes. So, um, and so you see this laying on of hands, which all you know throughout Scripture you see is even in Old Testament times, is a imparting. Um, God often used that to impart that or to show blessing mm-hmm. um, on people through people on other people. Mm-hmm. And here again, we see them, they they speak in another language, a mm-hmm. language that is not their own, and they prophesied. I mean, yeah. it was like this ecstatic utterance of, of, of the Holy Spirit of God now residing in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so a backstory for me. I mm-hmm. consider these verses some of the mis- most misused verses of the Bible. Oh, yes, okay. Like used out of context to... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, perpetrate theatrics and emotionalism mm. and sensationalism mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. church services. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, like, I have not necessarily a wall with these verses, yep. but a wall with people's interpretations of mm-hmm. these verses. Mm-hmm. So give me some context. I mean, I know, but I just, for our listeners. I mean, so laying of hands on people. Mm-hmm. People will say that they're going to lay hands on you to do anything from heal you, mm-hmm transfer the Holy Spirit into you, mm-hmm. um, cast a demon out of you, mm-hmm. all these things that that uh, they think that they can lay hands on and make happen. Now, everything you just said? Can happen and is, does yes. happen. It's scripturally accurate of happening. Yes, yes. So your concern or, or hesitation, which I totally hear, is the misuse yes. of that. yes. Of people claiming something. Now, I think or... these verses are biblically accurate. Mm-hmm. I think uh, people's inter not 
there are people that misuse this verse to do things that don't actually happen that are just for attention. So asking a question here, and I, yes, I agree with you. Um, if you heard in your spirit, the Holy Spirit say, Josh, I want you to go lay hands on that person because I have something for them and I want to use you to give that to them. And you go and lay hands on them and say, hey, the Lord told me to pray for you. I'm a- Happened last Monday. Yeah. So you do I w- you see what you did, that action in that worship service where you went and prayed for a friend? Mm-hmm. Do you see that? That's in... It's oh. not. I don't even know if it's here. It's but it's the laying on of hands you were talking yes. about, right? Um, when Paul placed hands on them, verse six, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit yeah. came on them and they spoke in tongues. Now you didn't lay nope. hands on someone and then they start speaking in tongues and nope. prophesied. But what happened? What did you hear before you acted? Um, it was. You don't have to say names. You can just. Say. Uh, no, I was um, sitting in the booth and I was like, "Hey, me and this guy are basic. Everyone else is praying, and me and this guy are stuck." <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And then God goes, "You're not stuck." Yep. Go pray for the guy that is stuck. <laughs> he is stuck. Yeah, yeah. Go pray for him. Yeah, yeah. So you're responding for him. And in that, you know, and I think here we get into some, some, uh, you know, how what are, what are the words that we're using? What do they mean? Because you put you did put your hands on his shoulder mm-hmm. and prayed for him. Um, but, and I, even though we were on stage. Right. No one was paying us any attention. No, because everyone was praying and, exactly. and stuff. So. And that that's where, like, I have a big, like, qualm with that kind of stuff is when it happens in Showiness. the middle middle of a stage and and sure. hundreds of people and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like, I'm very apprehensive about this kind of so stuff. So the fact that you felt that nudge and you responded was, was a big deal for you as far as an obedience yes. thing. Yes, A response mm-hmm. thing. Because I don't, like, I right. push back on this stuff. On any, like, emotive type mm-hmm. worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not... Not emotive worship for me, outward emotive worship that people can see. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to be an attention drawer. Because mm-hmm. 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 nothing that happens through God is about me, or mm-hmm. I try to make it. Right, right, you know? right. And I definitely don't want my worship to, to people go, well, look at Josh. Yeah. And the thing that you said, and I... And I, I know your intention behind it, but there's definitely examples of how the Lord has worked through people, yes, in Scripture, but beyond the, the closed oh, yes, Scripture yes, yes, yes. Of, of them working in through them in mm-hmm. other people's lives, miraculously, yes. miraculously. Yes. Um, and so I think that that's important. And again, we just keep circling back around to, unfortunately... The misuse, the abuse, the misapplication, uh, if you will, of of biblical texts, and just I mean, it's it's humanity. I mean, we've just you know we're humans. We're gonna mess up, mm-hmm. and and people are gonna take things, and and that's where you know in all this conversation about uh, um, or focus on the Holy Spirit, um, I think discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, is absolutely necessary in anyone's life who's going, I need more of the Holy Spirit because I've I've not really even considered them. Discernment is an important part of that, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier in the week um, a book. Yeah, go ahead. Now, I do say that with 
the context of um I've actually my mm. parents took me to a person that they believed that had the spiritual gift of healing. Mm-hmm. And I had like triple pneumonia or something. Oh, and wow. The doctors really didn't know what to do. And they took me to this lady, and supposedly I was better in 24 hours. Is she a Christian? Supposedly. I don't know who it was. <laughs> like, there's there's a story about... Well, I hoped she was a Christian. I'm going to tell no, you, like, some, but, I mean, some witchcraft there, thing. There, there is a story about my um, parents taking me to a lady that says she had the spiritual gift of healing, healing and mm-hmm. laid hands on me. So I there is a context of that <laughs> in my life. I and would like for you to get the real deal story from your mom. I will and try. I want you to share that with us. I will try. That is that's awesome. But I mean, so I do like, even though I have apprehension of this, there is mm-hmm. there is even a backstory of that before I could even have an opinion on it in my right. life. And this is where I think us Christians to be more um educated and have a greater understanding of the role and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yep. That we are biblically mm-hmm. um, educated. Yes. So that when we have, and I don't even know if wrestle is the right term, but when we are working through these kinds of moments, mm-hmm. we have a we have a foundation instead of just built a foundation scripturally, instead of a foundation of experience, experientially. Yes. Because for a lot of people, any kind of experience they've had with Holy Spirit is it's negative, or it's because they've seen it elsewhere and they've seen it abused and misused yes. and mis, mislaid and all that. And mm-hmm. so we need to have a foundation that's scriptural yes. of who the Holy Spirit is, what the purpose is, what our role is, why He works through us. It's to point people to Jesus. And when we get that, and that's a firm foundation under us, Josh, mm-hmm. then when we read these texts or we hear these stories, or you talk about this lady who laid hands on you, you're like, yep. Yep, she sure did. Mm-hmm. The God worked through her. I yep. mean, and it's not even about her. Nope. It's about about that. Mm-hmm. And and then you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. So and, and one thing this this week has really done is given me a reset on understanding of the Holy Spirit. You know, right. like bas- right. like basically just kind of wiped all my preconceived notions and and I started from scratch mm-hmm. or tried to. Mm-hmm. As best as I could. Well, and and I know I've said this at some point in all these conversations we've had, but that is definitely, without a doubt, a tactic of our enemy to make the Holy Spirit to to do the, his his best to make the Holy Spirit something that we are afraid of, mm-hmm. that we're confused by, um, all that, and none of those things are of the Lord. Right. Um. Our God is not a God of confusion. Nope. He's n- and He's not a God of fear. Um, and so the the and and uh, skepticism. Our God's not a skeptic. Like so, all of those feelings that kind of come up within us um, in regard to anything, but we're talking about Holy Spirit. Um, that's not of the Lord. The enemy wants to use that. And so again, I come back to us having a scriptural foundation on the third person of God. The third person of the Trinity, Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Uh, I want so I mentioned um, a couple times early in the week um, this book by Catherine Marshall called "The Helper." So good, highly recommend it. Um, and she says this about this text in Acts chapter nineteen. Um, 
want to find where I'm going to be. Okay. So, um, she writes, Paul sought to lead those Ephesian believers out of the Old Testament era of human striving into the glorious kingdom of the risen one. Now, just as a side note, John the Baptist was not the first one to baptize. He was not the first one to baptize for repentance. That was actually a, um, an act that was done even in Old Testament times. You don't read about it a lot and wasn't necessarily just done in, as for Israelites. There had been baptisms. People would practice that. The imagery was that. Am I right? We'll have to look into that some. Um, So there is this striving to, oh, well, we received the baptism of repentance. It's Mm kind of like the old system of I took a dove, you know, or Mm -hmm. a spotless lamb and brought it to the temple to be sacrificed. Um, So she goes on, she writes, "Into into what were you baptized? It's a pertinent question today. It has prompted me to some sharp self-examination that Miss Marshall writes. So here are seven um, self-examination questions that I thought, if you follow me on social media, I posted a, a screenshot of, of this the other day. I shared it on the porch page. Oh, did you? There mm-hmm. you go. So the first one is this. So this is her self-examination of the text in Acts chapter 19 about um, into what were you baptized? First question, have I ever asked God for this gift, she's talking about the Holy Spirit, for Jesus' baptism of the Spirit and claimed by faith Christ's promise? That's the first question. Second one, have I any evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in my life? For instance, has the Spirit made Jesus real to me as a person? Third self-examination question, am I beginning to be able to hear the inner voice of the Spirit? Does he tell me what to do for small decisions or major ones? Question four. Am I seeing in myself a new kind of love for other people? Is the Spirit giving me a tender concern and deep caring for persons whom I would ordinarily not choose as my friends? Fifth question. Am I experiencing the Spirit's help in the always tricky area of communication? For instance, am I experiencing times when the helper gives me word wings into the heart of someone in trouble? (laughs) (laughs) I I like how she words that. Sixth self-examination question. Am I experiencing the power of the Spirit? For example, to communicate Jesus' life to others to bring them also into the kingdom. And seventh, Am I receiving the Spirit's definite help in how to pray about my deepest concerns? She writes, These are some of the strands of the Helper's work in the lives he fills. Am I, like the Ephesians, a stranger to his work? Mm. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit, they said. Mm. Um, Any closing thoughts before we pray out... um, for today's uh, episode and for this week's Come Holy Spirit. No. <laughs> All right, then let's pray together. Lord, I pray that we would not indulge in the kind of spiritual analysis that's still self centered. Lord, um, we know that your truth means definiteness and clarity. 
And the fuzziness that we've sometimes mistakenly taken for spirituality is part of my humanness, not your divine order. I know that your truth and your life in me will mean real and noticeable progress. Lord, we need to have you lift our everyday life to another level altogether. We not only give you permission, but ask you to make in us whatever changes are necessary to receive your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Porch community, I hope that uh, this week has been encouraging to you and uh, like helpful, building you up, uh, equipping you, and I look forward to seeing you in worship tomorrow yep if you're listening to this on saturday and um if you uh, are be prepared go and read acts chapter two and uh, prepare your heart to to come and be in worship josh thank you for uh making this week happen and uh, of course yeah yeah appreciate you hey uh porch Fini, we love you and we'll see you soon see you bye bye <laughs> you've been listening to the 167 podcast join us next time more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.